Second List Podcast. I am your host, Lisa Kay, here with my amazing co-host, Jennifer Conkey. Hey, everyone. Hello, hello. Welcome. Mm. All right, and introducing our amazing guest, Nick LaMagna. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're mm. so excited to have you. Um, and at this point, we're going to turn it over to you, Nick. We want to hear more about you, your background, and set it up for our listeners so they know what they're getting themselves into today. Well, I'm a little upset that I didn't get a singing intro because you sang Jennifer's Oh, okay. <laughs> you really did. You'd be like, Nick LaMagna, like that, all right? Uh, no, I mean, I'm a, uh, I don't know. I, I guess I'm a uh, jack of all trades, master of none. I've been doing uh, all kinds of real estate stuff for about 14 years now. Um, I've done a wholesale. I've done all kinds of different flipping from like uh Portfolio flipping, turnkey flipping, your basic fix and flip type of deal, um, bigger wholesale deals, uh, luxury fix and flip deals. I've done, um, I'm doing some development deals now. I've done uh, over 100 commercial units. We're doing some building. I just bought a cell phone tower. Uh, I've done consulting. I've done, uh, built different programs. I've built companies and coaching programs. And I do jujitsu and I eat a lot of fast food. <laughs> My favorite part is that he said I'm the master or I, I do a lot of yeah. things like jack of all trades, master of none. Master it sounds like or I like think you're the master of getting shit done. Yeah, yeah, master of getting shit done for sure. Right. I feel like when everyone's like, well, what do you do? And I'm at every because people are like, I just wholesale or I just flip or I just do commercial. And I feel like I touch on all these different things that I don't really like focus on one. So I feel like I haven't like focused and mastered one. I just keep like touching on all these different things. So I have a lot of like different experiences, but I'm trying to focus more on like picking one or two and going like really deep into focus on them. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. perfect example is, uh, you know, I started boxing and then I hurt my hand and then I got into, I tried to go back to boxing and I was like, well, with the hand down, it's better to do kickboxing because now you have more limbs. And then I started getting into uh, jiu-jitsu and then I started getting into MMA. And when I was doing MMA, you were training everything all the time. But then when I, after my last boxing match, I started focusing more just on jujitsu for the last few years and wound up getting my black belt because I feel like all I did was focus on jujitsu. So yeah. it wasn't that I was like bad at anything else. I just wasn't as great at one thing as I could have been, which maybe isn't a bad thing. You know what I mean? It's all, I guess, a matter of opinion, but you know, just trying to find that balance and figure it out, I guess, though, you know? Oh God, that's like what our show is about. You know, amen. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I think what you're saying, it's interesting. I'm kind of in the same place because I started out just coaching. And then in February, I diversified to all these different types of things and ways I was expanding my coaching. And now I'm kind of like, okay, <sighs> I just need to focus back. Jen has a cold, by the way. Sorry for all of our listeners. That was a sneeze. <laughs> We're all about real moments here. Okay. Um, anyway, <laughs> Nick, um, so, so talk to us about that. Cause I feel like that is like the ever evolving thing for so many entrepreneurs, even people in their careers, right? I mean, you see people in their careers bouncing around to all these different positions in a corporate setting. So tell us like what's working about that. What's not, where, where's your head at with that? Well, you know, I, I just actually, uh, somebody just gave me a book. I, I believe it's called, it's actually right there. Yeah, no, let's do a plug. The one thing, there you go, the one thing. And it's all about focusing. So I, I started reading that and when you open it up, the first page says, chase two rabbits, catch none. 
And I kind of oh, like that. So I've been trying to think about that. And my business partner, Nicole, that Jennifer knows is awesome. And she's really good for, like, I always call her and go like, I want to do this. 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 And she lets me kind of spit it out. And then she sits there and is like, damn it, just focus on something. Like, stop going all these directions. You can't take your shit anymore. I'm like, all right, sorry, sorry, sorry. So what I'm finding more. I love Nicole. <laughs> I love Nicole. Lisa, you would love Nicole. Yeah, she's awesome. Nick and Nicole, that's interesting. Okay, I love right? this. So they, um, so she's really good on business. So I've always, I know real estate very, very well, but I started meeting over the last couple of years as I went to more masterminds and more training and started finding like different, different avenues of different people because with the, with the coaching group that I have, there's a conflict of interest that you can't really do real estate with the people that you're teaching real estate. It's, you know, kind of a fine line. So I have the one side, it's like, okay, these are the people that we're mentoring. This is the business we're building on that side. But I have to go find all these other avenues now to do my business side with and have to do my coaching side, which is really cool because I'm meeting all these different people on all these different levels. And one of the things that I found was that there's a lot of people that actually don't know as much about real estate as I do, but they understand business better and they're making a lot more money than me. And that was really eye opening. So over the last probably year, year and a half, I've been a lot less focused on the technicalities of real estate deals and really trying to dig in on the foundations of building a business. So I've taken a little bit of a step back on being as active in a lot of deals. And I have a couple of bigger deals that are going on, but I'm really trying to work with Nicole and build a foundation for our business in the background. So that way, when it scales up, we're not jumping back. Like I've seen in a lot of these other businesses over the last couple of years that they expand, but they have all these holes in their boat that they didn't know because they grew too big too quick. And they didn't have really proper people in place and proper business foundations. So, I mean, the old cliche of like the last six, nine months, we've really been sharpening the ax and we're about to be in a position that we're really going to start cutting some shit. And I'm kind of excited about that. But, you know, I think that that's been my biggest thing is like, let's not focus on all these different things because yeah, there's opportunities and there's money to be made everywhere, but let's really focus on like what's the best use of our time, what's going to be the best practices and let's really get our black belts in that and focus on that because we don't want to start something and then have to stop in two years and backtrack because we set it up the wrong way. And you know, that that's hard for somebody like me because I've always go, 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 go. So yeah. taking a step back and really doing that stuff. First off, I, I don't like that. I like to be kind of like going. And I feel like if I'm not moving forward all the time, I'm, I'm being lazy or I'm moving backwards, but I do understand the principle of it. So she has to keep me grounded a little bit, but that's really been a big thing. So I recently sold off uh, a 66 unit apartment building. And then we used to be recently closed on a, a nine acre development deal that we're going to build 38 houses on. And then from that, we made a couple of connections that we're, we're working on going under contract for another parcel that we can get and build 147 homes on and across the street, 300, a 300 unit apartment building and um, selling a portfolio. So those things are going to take not the portfolio, that should be like 30 days, but the development deals probably will be like a year, two years, maybe even three years to really go through the city, build them, fix them, occupy them, stabilize them, sell them. But the money on that ranges from, I mean, the, the apartment building one, I mean, I think there was like a 15, $16 million profit, which again, it's all preliminary stages, but if everything goes well, everything goes perfect, those are big deals. So it was a lot of like, well, 
instead of chasing all these things, if we have these two big deals and we really focus on them, yeah. we've seen how we drop the ball and lose money and make mistakes and, and forget things because we're focused on a hundred different things. Whereas it's like on this type of deal, if you miss one or two things on a $15 million construction land deal, you're, you're, you're pretty screwed. Like that's a big deal. Yeah. So it becomes not worth it anymore to chase 50, 60, $70,000 deals because what you can lose for losing the focus over there is not worth it. And, and, you know, and I've lived that and I've done that. So I'm really trying to focus on that, that side of it. But being that there is, you know, a longer play there and it's not that it's, it's things every day, you know, you meet with a builder, you wait for the civil engineer, you go back to the city, they give you a revision, you go back to the guy. So what do I do all day, every day? So in between those, we're working on building like a really badass wholesaling business that we can consistently bring in deals and, and move like hopefully like $100,000 worth of volume every yeah. month, ideally. And we're training people to put in place standard operating procedures and have like a staff. So that way we can take the next two, three <coughs> months while that's going on and really get those people trained so we don't have to be in that day to day. And then yeah. we can kind of step back a little bit and then focus more on the development deals. And I, I, I'm to a point that I realized I don't need 50 deals going on to to be successful but that was you know on the residential flipping side kind of how I always felt so that's really where my business is at right now it's it's take on less but focus on the things you have because there's enough money in that to really to really make a bang so yeah so good it could be something different but right now that's what I'm supposed to be doing <laughs> yeah the beauty behind that is that you could apply that business model to any of the businesses you know so it's hundred percent. It's like, um, Stacy, Stacy, it sounds like you and, and Nicole are kind of like how Stacy and I run business. Stacy's the go, 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 go. And I'm always like, come on, we gotta, we gotta go slow, slow, quick, quick. And she's like, no, it's quick, quick, slow, slow. It's slow, <laughs> slow, quick, quick. We have to develop this strategy and like, think about all the things that we need to do. And then once we have the plan, then go, then it's go time. And it's, it sounds like when you started off, it was okay to be doing the 50 deals and 50 to $60,000 profits. That's cool when you were there, but now you've scaled it so much that, you know, to burn your calories on the higher dollar items makes more sense right now with where you're at. So I think that's awesome. And it's a scalable model that people can follow. I love the fact that you're putting something in place that other people can wholesale too and just teaching it. I'm really like, I'm not trying to knock, like, I mean, 40, 50, $60,000 is a big deal. Oh yeah. For me on the fix and flip side, the the day-to-day -day management of the contractors and all yeah. that stuff for that amount it's more the time that i'm going to put in i realize that the time you're putting into managing your contractors and your teams on a 40 dollars flip is not really all that much different than some of these other bigger deals it's, it's almost less mm -hmm. you know i'm dealing less with the civil engineers less with the city so similar to when we went into multi-units i remember nicole and i were looking at some deals and we were like well we could put like 40 50 60 grand into this flip and maybe make like 120 or we could put like 90 100 110 into this apartment building and make like 500,000 and then you start to see like and if it's the same amount of work it's just a few extra months and a little bit of a variation on the details yeah. you start to see for for the same amount of effort you can get a much bigger payday it's like like my, my cousin's uh she does event planning on a very high level and she was like hey if you have some customers that are looking to put some events on let me know so I sent her some business and she was like, honestly, it's not really worth it for me unless you have a client that's going to bring like a $50 million like event together. Like we're doing like the Super Bowl and the Olympics. And I was like, well, that's kind of crazy. She goes, well, honestly, for my side of it, she goes, for me to put on a birthday party for a little kid is the same amount of work for me to put on a $50 million event. 
yeah. paintings a lot better. And I was like, shit, that's awesome. Like, that's exactly what I'm looking for in my real estate business. Yep. That's exactly what I'm talking about. And you, you have to start somewhere, right? Everybody has to start somewhere. So you might not have the capital to go big first, even though the, the juice is worth the squeeze on the higher side. You might not have that capital to start there. So I get what you're saying. But if you have the capital and you can go that way, or if you know how to get the capital, which is, I think, the most important part, you don't have to use your own. If you know how to get it, then going that bigger route is definitely worth it. I think that's awesome. What do you do for fun, though? Jiu-jitsu and food, but, um, okay. but you touched on a good point there. The For me, a big thing is, like, I, I hear people see or talk about, like, this stuff. Like, you know, I know the last time I talked to Stacey, you guys have, like, 14 flips going and stuff like that. And money seems to be pretty easy to get right now. And I think a lot of people get hurt because they want to go so big so fast. And I always try and backtrack and say, if I didn't start doing all the things I did in that progression and start with basic single-family homes and then scale up, and learn a lot of these lessons and take a lot of these beatings along the way. I think that the experience is more important than the capital. Cause just cause you can get money to do a deal doesn't mean you should because yeah. the stakes are a lot higher. So somebody might give you money to go do a bigger deal, but if you don't know what you don't know yet, you can go in and you can get burned real, real bad. And especially if you're using somebody else's capital, like private money, friends or family that can yeah. ruin relationships. And you know, I've, I've trusted people in the past on things that I didn't know. I trusted them to teach me. And I put money in and they cold totally screwed me and I did the right thing. And I paid all those investors back out of my own pocket. But some people aren't fortunate enough to be in a position that they have that money to, to pay. Exactly. So, you know, you, you do have to walk your path. You get your white belt, then you get your green belt, then you get your purple belt, then you get your brown belt, then you get your black belt. You don't just jump into a UFC fight, you know what I mean? So I do feel like that there should be a natural progression, you know, so you can round the base in the proper way and really scale up in, in a... You know, like you don't have to be rich tomorrow. You know, it's a process. Yep. That's so funny because I was going to ask you, I know that you're in jujitsu and, and how that applies, like the things that you learn in jujitsu, how it applies to your business model. Cause I think it's rad and you just kind of laid it out for me. Yeah. Like, I got my, I got my gi. Look at Nice. Nice. Right? I was so excited. I was like, Stacy, go get it. Go get it. He's on. <laughs> how did you get into jujitsu, Nick? So I started as a boxer. And I remember, it's funny, like you, everybody undercomplicates things that they shouldn't and overcomplicates things that they shouldn't. It's funny, like the stuff that's easy, people think is really hard and the stuff that's hard, people think is really easy. Like I, I was getting really mad last night because I watched somebody do like a, a promotional video on Facebook and it was a girl who was a black belt under Marcelo Garcia, who is like legendary, like Mount Rushmore of Jiu Jitsu. So this girl's a black belt under Marcelo Garcia so she's obviously great and she was showing moves on a guy and there was like thousands of comments on facebook of all these dudes that were like please stop the nonsense like 120 pound girl would never do this in a real in real life people don't fight like that and i was looking at their profiles and i was like these people have no experience probably have never been in a real fight have no idea what they're talking but it was making me mad and i was like why do i care about with some beer drinking asshole like says about this, you know, like if they really wanted to, they could go to the gym and this girl would beat the shit out of them. But neither here nor there. I started the same way. I remember thinking I'm really big into lifting weights. I can bench like 300 pounds boxing. Like I'll let some guy hit me and then I'll just knock him out. Like how hard could it be? And then I went down and I trained with a real boxer. And the first time I got hit by like a real boxer, not a guy in a bar, it sucked so bad. And I was like, holy crap, like this guy 
was a little bit smaller than me, and I had never been hit like that. And all I could think about was, I'm getting out of this ring, and I'm never coming back again. So I went home that weekend, and then he kept calling me and saying, you come back next week, come back next week. And I was looking for excuses to bail. And then he made me come back, and I did it again. And it wasn't as bad, but I was very humbled. So I started to learn how to do it and how to relax. And eventually, every time, I was terrified to go. But then when I left, I felt so good for just going anyway and conquering that fear. So I always feel like, you know, that the old slight edge principle, the things that are easy to do or easy not to do. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to get your ass kicked and not come back the next day. Yeah. But, you know, the jujitsu wall at Matt Sarah's place is a black belt is just a white belt who did quit. So I always think about that. Like all the black belt is somebody that's just taken a lot more beatings than everybody else and kept coming back in the door. So that started happening to me with boxing. And what I really liked about boxing was that initial first few months when you're getting hit, you get hit and you immediately go into sheer panic. You don't know what you're doing. You kind of black out. It all becomes hazy. You make a lot of sloppy mistakes. But after you start to get your your bearings about you and get more experience, when you get your bell rung, you're able to stay focused and take a deep breath and stay relaxed. And that I saw starting to translate into my business and personal life that normally where I would get that fight or flight or something would happen or something would go crazy with business. Instead of getting that adrenaline rush and acting emotionally or triggering some type of outburst or response i was able to kind of like relax yeah about what you're doing stay calm so i really like that side of it and then i wound up getting into i I hurt my hand then i started getting into kickboxing and then i i didn't want to get hit in the head every day so my brother actually convinced me to go down to mad gym and start jiu-jitsu and uh i just kind of fell in love with it you know i the the people there that i've met there have been like some of my friends I met the first class I went to are still some of my closest friends. Just the level of people like Matt Sarah, the way that the older belts took me under their wing, just the friendships and everything there. I just, I just loved it. You know, I became addicted to it and I felt like the learning curve was you could be there for two or three weeks and then somebody comes in right off the street and you're pulling out moves on them and you're like, holy crap, this works. Like you start to see it, like you start to see your progress quicker. So it starts to keep you in the ball and get you excited and there's always new things to learn. And I love that because boxing was kind of like, you know, you punch, you move, you, you slip, and you have the basic fundamentals, but you get better with your timing, better with your angles, but you're not really reinventing new moves. Whereas like jujitsu, I'll literally go there, and even 14 years now, I'll watch a move that they show me the first day, but I'll see it differently than I saw it 14 years ago, and I'm yes. still learning how to do things better and get those basics better. And then they'll just invent like a new move, and they'll show it to you, and then you go, wow, that opens up all these other things. And I, I don't know, I just, I love it. Like I think about it every day. Like you go to sleep at night after like a, a roll and you're, you're going in your head, like if I would have done this, if I oh, like, you know, so yeah, I just yeah. love the, the people, the culture, the discipline. And, you know, I just love um, my, my brother. I, I got him into jujitsu and his life has completely changed in the last three years. He met a new girl, got married. His attitude's different. Everything's different. And he was always very pessimistic. And he, he's a musician, and he was there, always kind of very Debbie Downer, like martyr about everything. And then I saw him post something one day that just really like clicked for me that he wrote on a Facebook page. He goes, man, I wish my friends in music would celebrate each other's successes the way my friends in jiu-jitsu do. And I was like, man, I love that. That's what I love about it. You celebrate it. Like if, yeah. if somebody, like, you know, I, I don't get to go as much as I used to now because I'm all over the place and I'm doing stuff. And, and that's okay. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a journey, but there's guys that are pro fighters or guys that are in college or don't have families or business. 
and they get to go four times a day every day. And I was better than them two or three years ago, but then I come home and I roll with them and they're better than me now. And I'm not mad at that. I'm like, that guy put the work in, that guy put the time in, he deserves that. And if they tap me out, I'm not like, oh, fuck him. I'm like, that was awesome, dude. Like, show me how you did that. And like, right. that, that guy's awesome. Cause you can't fake the work you put in. You yeah. show up, you know? So I like that. It's, it's a culture of like, there's, there's not a lot of ego. If there is, you don't really last very long. So, you know, you put the work in and you, and you, you honor the people that do and, and people respect you. It's, it's just a great, great environment for everything. And, and bad day, you go to the gym for an hour and a half, you choke your friends, you let your friends choke you, you come home and like, sometimes <laughs> I can't go to jujitsu today because I have all this work going on. I have all these things like the world's falling apart because in real estate every other day, the sky's falling. Yeah. And then you Forever. go to two hours and you come home and all of a sudden like the solution is just there because you like cleared your head, like not to go on too much of a tangent about it. But for me, I think the biggest thing that I get from it is I'm not a very good person at living in the moment. I, I'm always, my brain's always going. I'm always kind of scattered. I'm always thinking about different things. But when you're on the mat and you're rolling with people, you're forced to be thinking within that 20, 30 seconds because everything's happening. The guy grabs here, the guy grabs here, he gets your arm, he gets your neck, he moves. And your body's like, you have to be thinking in that second at all times. So in those little three, four, five minute rounds, you're forced to be present and it makes you shut off all the other things. And I think it's like when you reset your iPhone and now it starts working better, it gives my brain that reset that it just shuts down and I don't have a choice. It just happens. Yeah. And then when yeah. you leave, you're like, ah, oh, you just feel like my battery's got recharged. And I feel like everybody needs that. Some people it's surfing, some people it's drinking. I don't know, but that's my thing. Yeah, everybody needs an outlet. And I feel like, so Lisa, when you're, when you go to jujitsu, Lisa, it's like, you have to have a strategy. And like, when you're on there and like someone grabs you, you're sitting there going, shit, what am I going to do? And you do, you have to think about how do I move my arm? How do I do this? And how that applies to business is the same way. It's like, as soon as you're facing a wall and it's an obstacle, you got to focus one brick at a time. Okay. So which brick do I need to go after? Okay. So it's this one. How do I get through that fucking brick? And what do I do with it? And then I get that brick. Okay. Which one's the next one? It's like, it's exactly what you said, Nick. It's that, and it's not win or lose. I don't go there and sit there on the mat and go, Oh my God, what am I going to do? I just got pinned. It's like, no, I got to think about it. So I learn it's win or learn and everybody celebrates each other. It's, it's been, it's been life changing since I started and it's like the coolest thing. And it's given me that outlet, the coping. So that's why I was curious how it applied to you in business. Cause I've noticed some changes in my own approach. You know, I've, I've, I've learned some things. Some of my, I'm just plugging in my computer. Sorry. Some of my, um, some of my friends from jujitsu, some of my friends from MMA have gotten into real estate. Like one of my buddies fought last night for UFC, a raging ally of Quinta. And um, I always tell everybody, you know, the how you do anything is how you do everything. So my friends like Aljamain, my friend, oh, that's Nicole, actually. My friends like Aljamain, my friends like Ally Quinta, they got their black belts, they're professional MMA fighters, they're college wrestling coaches, they're, like, they're always top notch because they put their work in, you know? So they're not afraid of hard work. They know what it's like to have bad days and just get back on the horse and say that's not going to happen again. And I feel like that principle of taking your lumps and coming back the next day and just getting back in the door and getting back on the horse and not letting the bad days get you too low and not getting the high days get you too high is a principle that applies in business big time because that's, that's the roller coaster that we're in every day. And it's very easy to let the good days go to your head or let the bad days just take you down and make you want to quit. But I look at it because similar to jujitsu and wrestling, when you're on the bottom and somebody's punching you in the face or they're sinking and choking, it's very easy to go, this is uncomfortable, I'm going to tap out. But it teaches you to go, no, 
I'm going to wait here a second and I'm going to think and go, well, there's got to be a way out of this. How do I do it? And that's yes. the same thing that happens in business. Like, okay, this just happened on this deal. This realtor said this, this contractor said this, the city just shut down my job. Okay. This sucks. But what do I do? Take my ball and go home and tap out? No, I take a minute and I go, there's way out of this. How do I do it? And you figure it out. Bam. Yep. Lisa, you were about to say something. I could tell. Yeah, no, I mean, he kind of started to answer. So I was going to ask, you know, what's, what's the mindset shift on that? Right. I know that what you're talking about is sounds like 14 years of uh, training. So we're not going to like, you know, walk, have anybody walk away with any like major ahas, right? 14 minutes, 14 years of training. But I mean, what would you say is the mindset shift there? Um, because whether it's in business, you know, I know several people in the corporate world, um, you know, entrepreneur world, I don't think it really matters to your point. There's bad days, there's bad bosses, there's bad companies, bad experiences, layoffs. I mean, you name it, right. It happens. What's the mindset shift there? Well, you know, for me, one of the big things for me is regret. Like I always try and think of how bad, like, you know, not to, to oversimplify it, but like, I think everybody's had like the, you know, you're out when you're younger and there's a girl you want to ask out or you want to kiss and then you go home and you don't and you beat yourself up about it, beat yourself up about it. It's like, man, I wish I would have at least tried. And even if I got slapped or a drink thrown in my face, at least I know. And that's like <laughs> eating at you and eating at you and eating at you. That's something that never goes away. Even to this day, like there's things that I did when I was 10, 15, 17 in high school that sometimes I look back and I'm like, man, I wish I could take that back. I wish I could do that. But there's not one thing I've ever done and failed at or gotten my ass kicked or anything like that that I've ever regretted not trying. So I really try and remember that on like, like Matt Serra is like one of my heroes. He's become one of my friends. Like, I think it's really awesome that a lot of the people that were always my idols are now like guys I can text message like that still to this day blows my mind. I think it's amazing. But like I'll train with him sometimes and he's so good. Like he literally is probably one of the top five or 10 jujitsu guys in the entire world. Like Joe Rogan just did a, a podcast and he was talking about it and he was like, people don't know, but Matt Serra just straight jujitsu will probably beat 99% of the guys in the UFC right now. And like, I get to roll with him. Like my friends like, dude, it's like playing guitar and being able to jam with Jimi Hendrix on the weekend. So when I train with him, he's not even trying. And it's horrible. Like, and I constantly feel like I'm letting him down and I'm like, man, he's going to be mad at this. He's going to be mad at this. Like he's going to take my black belt away. And <laughs> there's times that like you're underneath him or he's just, and it's like, man, it would be so easy to just tap out right now. But the pain of like looking at that clock for another minute and a half and just enduring the next terrible minute and a half and then being like proud of myself that I got through and making him think like, all right, he didn't like bitch out on me. Like, I'm not going to beat him, but at least maybe I could like endure the torture for three minutes versus quitting. And now he's going to look at me differently for the rest of my life. And I have to go home and think about what a little bitch I was. And, you know, you couldn't have hung in there for another minute. That turns into like years and years of like, you know, that, that's kind of where I look at it is like the temporary pain, the temporary suffering is just temporary. But if you can get through it, the reward is a lot different. And, and that's what I think about with business, you know, Real estate's not easy and it's tough. And I've had some really tough days and some really tough deals. And I've had some, you know, shitty times that I have to be outside on calls and I miss dinners and I miss, you know, time with my family or I'm taking it out on my mom because I'm stressed about something else. I don't have anybody I can talk to about it. But 
you know, I'm posting on Facebook that I'm getting up in the morning. I just went and trained with the world-class jiu-jitsu guy. I'm up at 4 a.m. working on properties on a balcony in Hawaii. And people are like, oh, it must be nice. And I'm like, well, I pushed through all these shitty days to be able to do these things. And that's the stuff that makes it worth it. So it's like you have to be willing to do the hard stuff if you want to be able to do the good stuff. And it's just and not I, that but it's worth it. You know? And I think the key is not to give up. <clears throat> it's not giving up is the mindset. Yeah. I personally think don't tap out. That's the mindset. Unless you have to, you know. <laughs> That's awesome. Cool. All right, Lisa, did you have any other questions? You look like you're just like, wait a minute. I don't know how to do jujitsu. <laughs> I know. I'm like, so I need to like go tackle someone. I need to you, you do. You know why? Because you're a mom and you just need to go like get it out. It's awesome. <laughs> you, you do you different you do a different kind of jujitsu, Lisa. I'm you do it like a year old and a three year old. Yeah. You can do jujitsu with Johnny. Yeah, I think we'll try it. Yeah, the, the sexual jujitsu. <laughs> She's like, damn it, he listens to this. <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to YouTube that. Okay. Um, no, that was my main question was the mindset. Like, how do you flip the mindset, right? I mean, I love what you guys, I, I don't know jujitsu, mm. but I'm hearing what you're saying and the mindset shift and how that applies to business. And so that's why I just wanted to hear like, you know, when does, when did you flip that switch and when do you, you know, how do you apply that? I mean, it's so easy. I mean, you know, me personally, I mean, Jen knows this, right? Like when things are hard, I mean, thank God I have people around me to call and like lose my mind for a little bit and then get back on the horse. You know, I mean, it kind of goes back to a concept we talked about on another podcast, which is, you know, creating that unofficial board of directors, like those people around you that you know we're always going to help you know pick you pick you back up when you're not strong enough to do it yourself so um so that's all i was wanting to understand is that mindset shift that you know when you're finally in jujitsu long enough where you're like no i'm mentally strong enough like i'm gonna hang in here i'm not gonna tap out it's just three minutes it's just a season it's just a day right whatever that mindset is that you're you're training that mental muscle um, to just keep going. So mm -hmm. that's why I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that. So I think it definitely triggers the adversity quotient, right? To, to figure out the, how do I overcome adversity with some sort of intelligence and like stop and think about it. And, and that definitely is what it's done for me. But Nick, you're the expert, you're the black belt already, you know, and I know that it served you. Even, even that, like, it's funny because you, I remember when I started and I was like black belt at the end, like that's the goal. And then you get your black belt and you realize that like the difference between a white belt and a black belt versus a black belt and like a two or three stripe black belt isn't even close. Like it's the food chain is so different. So like you get to that level and I feel like now I know nothing again. Like it's, it's crazy. So you're always learning. And that's what I always tell people, like whether it's real estate, business development, I'm always looking for black belts that I can attach myself to mm -hmm. because they've already taken the beatings. They've already tried their own way. They've already done all these own things. And they know like, hey, don't do these 50 things. I did them. I got my ass kicked. Do this, do this, do this. And, you know, they have that experience of doing things right and wrong. So, you know, and one of my buddies, Alex Stewart, that uh, he's one of the head instructors at Gracie Torrance out in California. But he said something great to me. He was like, man, he's like, have you ever been like in a choke and the guy's squeezing and squeezing and you're like a second away from tapping and the guy goes, oh, and he lets go. Uh, or you're going for a choke and you let go and the guy goes, man, if you would have held that for two seconds, I was about to tap. I'm like, Damn, I would have known that. He said, remember that in life. Every time you're about to let go, if you just hold on one more second, you'll get what you're looking for. And if you can hold on one second, you can hold on another second, you can hold on another second. And I always start to think about that. And like the, the other thing that it really taught me was 
I realized from, from boxing and jujitsu that when you get into those bad situations and you're new, you panic. And when you panic, you blow your energy, you make mistakes, and then you have no fight left in you. So one of the biggest things that I try and do now is when I'm having those tough times, I try not to let myself get emotional and worked up about it because all it's going to do is burn my energy and cloud my judgment. So I really try and like take a break and walk away from it instead of going like, I have to put these hours in now, like taking a step back and not thinking about it or not dealing with it or not responding right away is hard and very counterproductive. But now I've seen that it's the best thing you can do because if you fire off an email, if you fire off a text message, if you do something you can't undo, you know, you send a yes. shitty text or shitty email to somebody because you're mad or you're having an argument, you can't take that back and now you've changed that or you lost the deal or things like that. So I feel like in business, having that discipline to like bite your tongue and be smart, and I'm still trying to learn that a little bit, but just really staying calm helps yeah. you see solutions instead of being worked up because when you get worked up, you get emotional. And when you get emotional, you make mistakes and that's when you can burn bridges, that's when you can blow deals, that's when you quit. Yeah. You know, that's, that's very easy. You smash your phone, you throw your computer over the balcony, then what, an hour later you regret it. But if you just go, order a, a tray of <coughs> French toast with caramel syrup, you feel great, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, I, I love you, man. I love you, because it's so real. Everybody has those moments where you're just like, oh, you want to break it? Yeah, and it's like, I call it an emotional hijacking. Yeah, yeah. It's an emotional hijacking. You're saying, the, having somebody to talk to, I think is huge. and. I can't tell you how helpful Nicole Marshall has been to me for like really, sometimes I don't like what she says to me because it kind of hurts and sucks. But then I realized like it was for my own good and, and I'm upset because it was she was right and I needed to hear it. And then like something will happen a day or two later and her voice will be in my head and I'll be like, think about when Nicole told you, she's like Mrs. Miyagi for me. And I'll do it and I'll have such a great conversation or such a great reaction or somebody else will call me and be like, hey, I just want to really thank you for the way you handled that or the way you talked to me and it really helped me. And then I went out and had like a great conversation that made that better. And I helped somebody else's day. And then I, I go back and I tell her like, look what happened because of you. And the other part of that is you need somebody not only to give you the bad, tough love to help you be a better person, but you totally. need somebody to just pump you up and make you feel good. And I will tell you that Stacy Conkey is like the best person ever. I'll just wake up to like this string of texts and I'm like, oh gosh, she wrote me a novel again. And then I'll read it and it'll just be like, I just woke up and just want you to know that you're awesome and today's going to be great. And I just want to know that you're, and I'm like, man, like she's so nice. And she's like, I know she's a big cheerleader for Nicole and Nicole just really appreciates that and makes me appreciate that. So, I mean, having somebody like that, I think everybody needs a Stacey Cocky in their life. Yeah. She's, oh my God. I love my wife. She's so, she is, she's like a big old sunshine. And she just like spits positivity into the venom that you might be feeling in the moment. Or she'll just walk up and she'll just touch you and you're like, oh, you melt. Yeah. Yes. She's so loving. It, it, yeah. It's an incredible gift to be anywhere near her or a part of her life. You're right, Nick. Especially for folks like us and Nicole. Like I get you and I get Nicole. Like I, I get it. And she's the one that Stacy could be the one that's just like, okay, everything's going to be all right. Let's focus on that. She'll reframe it. She's like the reframe, reframe queen. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. She's critical for mindset. It's awesome. That's awesome. So, okay. I, I know that we talked about the business piece. Like you, okay. So you're a real estate legend. You teach people how to build wealth through real estate. Plus you have your own 
principles in jujitsu that you've kind of like had those disciplines come over and come through business. I've heard you talk about how you have a mentor in Nicole, plus she's your business partner. So you have all of these things that help breed your success. That's like your, plus you have a, you have all your own podcast, your A-game podcast, right? On my own podcast, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, I can't wait to be on it, by the way. I'm excited about it. And Lisa, you should get on it too. So, and the whole A-game podcast is all about the mindset and what the routines and stuff, right? So can you talk to us about what, what's your A-game, Nick? Like, how do you bring it? Yeah, you know, so I, I'm a, you know, I've, I've heard a couple of different schools of thought on this. Like some people, like some guy was just doing this thing. He's like, one of the things I asked my employee, would you rather do your best or would you rather win? And he said, I want to hear that they would rather win. But like <coughs> some things, it's almost like I'd rather do my best. Like when I, when I roll with Matt Serra, I'm never going to win. I'm ne it's never, maybe when he's 95 in a wheelchair, I can sneak up behind him and hit him with a hammer or something. <laughs> But I want to do my best, you know what I mean? And as long as I don't quit and I know that I gave my best effort, that's what I care about. And I feel like if you bring that to everything you do, you're going to find success. Or at least if you don't, people are going to respect your hustle. And the people that can help you or help point out those mistakes are going to say, like, look, like I think a lot of the, the guys that helped me out in jiu-jitsu when I was coming up and I was just a white belt or a blue belt that were the higher belts for the fighters, when they saw me there two, three times a day and the first one on the mats and the last one off the mats, they respected the effort I was trying to put in. And when they rolled with me and they saw how hard I was trying, after class, they'd be like, I, I caught you with this joke 14 times because you keep doing this. Like, don't do that. And the guys that are good will say to me, I'll be like, man, that was really nice of you to show me. And they go, well, if you get better, it forces me to get better. And like that type of mindset, I feel like in business is the same thing. So whether you're picking up trash, combing the beach, doing real estate, writing a book, doing jujitsu, or being a hairdresser, if you bring your A game to that, you're going to attract other A players that are going to help you be better, help them be better, and you're eventually going to be successful. So I don't even necessarily like, because initially I wanted to do a real estate podcast, but every real estate podcast I listen to, not that they're bad, but you kind of hear the same people on it saying the same shit all the time. And I was like, I'd rather kind of bring in other people from other walks of life because A, that might that get, get them interested in what I do. And now we can open up a whole new audience for me doing yeah. deals and stuff but it also is gonna open me up to what they do and I can take some of their business principles or some of their life principles and implement it into my life and my business like I did with jujitsu. And there's days that I definitely don't wanna do it that I'll be like, shit, like I can't do a podcast today, but I commit to it. And every time I do it, I, it fires me up for the day. I get like the people I talk to are so awesome and I have these great conversations and I get to have talks with like, some of my buddies at jiu-jitsu or boxing or, or some of just my friends from even through real estate that I'll talk to in 5, 10, 15 minutes here, 20 minutes there, some text messages, some happy birthdays, how's your kids? But being able to like talk to them for an hour, an hour and a half about like really what drives them and their business and their family, like you get to learn things about people that you've been friends with for years that you never really, really knew. And I feel like it's made me closer with a lot of people and it's made me appreciate a lot more people and it always makes my day better. So I get a lot out of it. And the, the thing that finally made me do it, because for years, I've been like, you know what, if I started a podcast three years ago, I have all these followers now and I do all these things. And then it was kind of like, well, you know, if I just would have shut up and done it a year ago, it would have been two less years. And if I would have done it six months ago, it still would have been better. So I just started doing it because my my friend, Billy Grazzi, who's a black belt on the Great Torrance, and he's in a band Biohazard, and he's in a band uh, Powerflow with the guy Send Dog from Cypress Hill. So check out Powerflow, check out Biohazard. But he's, uh, he got me into jiu-jitsu, and he's, uh, he's a guy that I've always looked up to for a long time. But he was on a podcast with this guy, Jamie Josta from Hatebreed, 
and they were talking about the drummer from Pantera that had just died. And the guy, Jamie Josta goes, look, what I love about doing this podcast is when we were younger, we were all touring together all the time. So we always hung out. We always played shows together. We always saw each other. But as we've gotten older and we're on different tours and we have families, I don't really get out a lot. And if I go to Texas, he's in a different state because he's on tour. So I don't really get to see them like as much as I used to. And you always want to reach out to this person or want to reach out to this person, but you go, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it next week. He said, but making the podcast, I get to interview all my friends and bands and it's just an excuse to stay in touch with them and to keep track of them. And it like kind of forced you to, to stay engaged in those relationships. And he said, like, I'm happy that I did that because I recently got to talk to Vinny before he died. And if I didn't have this podcast, I probably wouldn't have. And I was like, man, that's really cool. So even if I make this podcast and everybody says it sucks and everybody makes fun of me for having it and nobody ever listens to it and nobody ever subscribes, I get to have these conversations with people yeah. that I really respect and I really like to talk to. So fuck everybody else. Like I'm doing it for me. And when I made that switch, I liked it. And now, and then it felt good when people would said like, Hey, I like this. Like, Cause I, I mean, I get a lot out of doing that. I really do. I'm sure you do too. Yeah. I like it because you, you feel, it feels fulfilling when you hear other people's story and it gives encouraging mm -hmm. like thoughts, even for myself when I hear about stuff. And you just reminded me a lot about the whole, the whole way that jujitsu applies to business. You basically just, I have, I'm a woke. If that's even a word, I'm a woke. You know, I tell Jen, um, I, I feel like before every episode, I was like, I feel like these are more so for us. Yeah, than, <laughs> it, than the audience. That come through, I was like, damn, I needed to hear that today. Mm -hmm. And and we're like, well, maybe, you know, we're sharing it with other people too. That's good. But half the time I'm like, dang, I think this is like my personal therapy. Every time I do these sessions, you know, mm -hmm. you always walk away with something. So to your point, yeah. if it just serves the three people on this call, I'm happy. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> Get it done. Nick, it's been awesome. awesome. It's been awesome talking to you, man. If you, if anybody wanted to get a hold of you or, or tune into your podcast, like, or do a deal or I mean, grow wealth with you. What, what do they do? How do they find you? Nick, Nick, Nick.com. Oh, that's Nick, really hard. <laughs> made it nice and easy. Uh, you can email me also. My email is Nick at Nick, Nick, Nick.com. But if you go on Nick, Nick, Nick.com, there's tabs to set up consultations. If you want to buy, if you want to sell, if you want to partner, if you want to link to the podcast and then sign on to all the different platforms, it's on there. And there's some cool stuff that you can get some consultations with some of our business advisors, some of our tax consultants, some of our credit people. So even if you don't know what you want to do, you just know you want to somehow get involved with the business, um, we can set up a consultation for that because a, a lot of people just don't know where they fit in or what their options are. Right. So if you don't, it, it's just a good place to start things out. So you know, I'm always looking for good people. I'm always looking for new deals. I'm always looking for new partners. I'm always looking for new opportunities. And, you know, it, it's been a cool thing. So you can always catch me on that. And again, if you want to link to the podcast, that'd be awesome too. And I'm always looking for good guests. So I hope to have you guys on. I know my scheduling and my time zones have been terrible, but we're going we're gonna to make it oh, happen. Oh, yeah. We're going to make it happen. It's all right. You're a shaker. I'm a mover and a shaker. It's okay. Hawaii, so we understand. Time zones yeah. are a little off. I might just have to go to Hawaii to meet you. Probably. You know what I mean? Like, if that's how I have to do it, so be it. <laughs> well, I'll be on this time zone for another week, week and a half. So it actually works out great for me, like getting up early and doing this. So we should try locking the time while I'm at it to do early morning, early morning for me, afternoon for you. Right. You know, let's, set let's set something up. We should absolutely do that. Cool. Okay. All right. Well, you guys have a good one. I'm getting ready to go to the Grand Canyon. It's going to be awesome. fun. Awesome. Well, have a great day. Tell Stacy I said hello. And thank you very much, Lisa and Jeff, for having me. Absolutely. Thanks, Nick. Bye, guys. Bye.